You are listening to the Active Church Podcast. We tell better stories every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and 1045. You're about to hear a great message from one of our teaching pastors filled with hope. We hope you are encouraged today. We've been in a series called Verses over the past couple weeks, and we've been talking about those battles within us as we move towards mastering some of the disciplines and virtues that Jesus has called us to, like self-forgiveness and forgiveness, like being able to let go of the past, being able to be honest with ourselves. We've been doing some really deep work over the past few weeks And today we're going to continue that conversation and we're going to present another virtue that I believe is going to change everything for you. But I believe before we dive into this virtue, it is right that we stop and go before God in a word of prayer. So would you join me in prayer, church? Father God, we are here in this place today believing that you're about to do something extraordinary. We are coming with the mindset that we are ready to be shifted in the right ways and the places that we need to go. We are ready to take that next step on the journey that you have for us. God, whether we're in here today full of anxiety, may you just give us breath. The ability to inhale your grace and exhale that stress. Inhale your peace and exhale all the frustrations, God. And as we listen to your word, may you remind us of your promises and your calling not just now, but for the days to come. And we all lift this up in your son's holy name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Boxer Muhammad Ali is heralded as one of the greatest boxers of all time. You see, he did a lot of good work in the ring, but outside of the ring, he had the gift of gab and he had the hands to back it up. Maybe you've heard one of his phrases before, float like a butterfly, sting like a? That's right, it keeps going. It says, the hands can't hit, we'll see. I love it. I love all of it, man. He's, he's left a legacy. He was a legend. And so many MMA fighters and boxers and kickboxers have tried to emulate his gift of gab and his ability to be in the ring and floating and dancing and doing what he does best. He's iconic. Did you know he's so iconic? He actually fought the Man of Steel, Superman. Yeah, really. 1978 comic book came out, Superman versus Muhammad Ali. And I don't want to ruin the story, but I hear Muhammad Ali may have actually won that fight, which gives rise to this next story. See, Muhammad Ali was on an airplane, and as they were about to take off, the stewardess comes up to Muhammad Ali, and they're like, Mr. Ali, um, I noticed that your seatbelt isn't on. I would love if you could put your seatbelt on so we could take off and get in the air. I don't want to wait any longer. Could you please put your seatbelt on? And he looks at the stewardess and he says, I'm Superman. And Superman don't need no seatbelt. So they roll out onto the tarmac. And as they're on the tarmac, they're about to take off. The engines are roaring. It's about to be a moment. They're about to travel. And so the stewardess notices. She does her thing. She comes back over says, Mr. Ali, your seatbelt isn't on. Can I please have you please put your seatbelt on? And he says, did I not tell you? I am Superman. And Superman don't need no seatbelt. So they take off and they're in the sky. And as they're in the sky, it hits my worst nightmare. Turbulence comes. Plane is shaking. The stewardess hobbles over, walks over on the seat and says, Mr. Ali, there's turbulence. I need you to please put your seatbelt on. And he said, I'm Superman. Superman don't need no seatbelt. Fed up. She leans in and she says, well, frankly, sir, 
Superman don't need no airplane. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about a virtue that is not a virtue you woke up and thought about. It's not a virtue that's going to get you plastered on any billboards. It's not a virtue that is going to get you the most excited about life. But I believe it is a virtue that is going to unlock the greatness that is in you. It's a virtue that I believe is going to be the key to you not just having a moment of greatness, but living a life of greatness. A life that is marked by your family being well off. A life that is marked by you being secure in who you are, in your inner world and your outer world. A life marked by you being aware of where you are going. Greatness is in all of us. And I believe this virtue is going to help turn the dial and be that key to this, to greatness. But here's the thing. These two words often don't go together. I believe that when we choose to cultivate the virtue of humility, we will find greatness in every area of our life. We will experience and see God in ways that we never thought or could, thought or believed we could see God. We will see God heal our marriages. We will see more fruit and more success and more greatness in our careers. I believe humility is the key to us experiencing greatness in every area of our life. And now let me tell you, those aren't two words that go together often, are they? And I think the reason is, is because humility has an arch enemy. Superman had an arch enemy, and I know humility definitely has an arch enemy. And the arch enemy of humility is pride. You ever have an arch enemy before? Maybe like in elementary school you had an arch enemy. You looked at that person, you're like, ooh, we're going to war today. My blood is boiling. Just hear breathe like why are you breathing why are you chewing your cereal like that like that kind of arch enemy like them being in the room and you're shifting the whole time you're uncomfortable you're like I can't even because the heat of their presence is just annoying me yeah I had I had a friend in elementary school his name was Carlos he wasn't really my friend he was uh, he was my enemy and uh, Carlos uh, man, Carlos if you're watching at home man we got we got some stuff to work out, bro. But Carlos was always around, like just always there, like always next to me in class. We'd move up a grade. He's behind me in class. I'm always hearing him at the tables. He was always a little louder than me. And so, and I could spot Carlos's voice from a mile away. And guess what happened? My blood would boil like, ooh, Carlos is here. <sighs> Carlos, man, right? And, and the thing is about Carlos is he was always like one point better than me, like in everything. Like everything, like always one person picked before me, always one point higher in a math test score, which wasn't really high, but you know, still, he was always one point higher than me on anything that we did. And so when I think about Carlos, I just think like, man, this dude was always around because arch enemies are just like always around. And just like that pride, just like Carlos, just like our boy Carlos today, Carlos, we need to talk. Um, just like Carlos, it is always around. You see, pride is in everything we do. It's going to be in your relationships. It's going to be in your future. It's going to be in your finances. It's going to be how you spend money. It's going to be in your marriages. It's going to be in your friendships. It's going to be in the way that you're driving your car. Pride is always around and it's always ready to rear its nasty head because it's in us. 
There's never a season in your life where you got to be like, okay, I don't got to deal with pride. And maybe today you're like, well, I don't struggle with pride. I'm the most humble person I know. Today's message is for you because pride is always around and it is always in us. And just to be clear, we're not talking about, uh, about being a feeling proud because you can feel proud. I mean, you, some of us have, have kids that are just crushing it right now. Be, be proud of that. Some of you have stepped into new careers and gotten new jobs and some of you are about to graduate college. Like, yo, be proud of that. That's natural. Today we are talking about when we are so full of ourselves that there is no room for anything else. We are talking about those moments that nothing else can factor into our equation. To put it in simple terms, we, having pride and, and being prideful is when we think of ourselves more highly than we ought. And man, isn't that the truth? I hate to tell you today, you're not Superman. Many of us operate as if we are Superman, but today we are not Superman and here's okay. Pride is when we did that one great thing and then we equate it as everything we do is great. You know those moments? Pride is when we burn a bridge that we didn't have to and we burned it because we didn't want to say sorry or we didn't want to have to explain to them or maybe we do go and we goof, come to them and go like, hey, I, I'm sorry, I messed up, but I did this because of you did this, 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 and this and that's why I did this, so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, like I'm sorry. That's, that's pride or pride is when you can forgive and you don't because you want to watch them squirm. Don't act like you've never done that. You're like, they come to you, I'm so sorry, I messed up and you're like, tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah? Why, why did you mess up? Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you're not going to do it right. That's, that right there is pride. Pride is when you talk to be heard and you don't listen to a word. Pride tells you you're Superman and you're not Superman. I hate to say it. We are not as in control as we think we are. But pride will convince ourselves of it because pride is a poison. And it's living in and it's living around each one of us. Proverbs 16.5, the writer puts it like this. The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. He keeps going. Proverbs 16.18, pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. You ever hear the phrase, the pride comes before the fall? Yeah, because it's real. It's true. I mean, if there's any reason to be aware of the pride that is in our life, or even just to consider if there is pride in your life, it's because typically, if not eventually, that pride will lead, you, lead to you losing everything that you hold dear. Pride will crush the oxygen in your marriages. Pride will make you so uncoachable that you lose your career, your power, your position, and your influence. Pride will ruin your day. And the worst part is you're going to be the last person to know if you're full of pride. You ever go to a movie with somebody who's already watched the movie? And the whole time, instead of watching the movie, they're watching you watch the movie? I hate that. I do that all the time. I do it to my wife all the time. I'm like, yo, check out this part. Check out this part. I got, yo, this is coming up. It's about to happen, right? Oh, my God. Or you're watching them because you want to see if they like it or not. Oh, my gosh. It's so annoying, right? I do it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, wife. I do it all the time. But that's kind of like what pride is. 
You have people watching from the sidelines of your life. And when something tragic happens and pride finally hits a wall and you lose everything, you'll be shocked. How did this happen to me? Nobody else is going to be shocked, though. Because they already know how this movie plays out. They've already experienced your pride and the destruction it's caused in their life where they've seen it in the lives around them because of our inability to listen, our inability to be coachable, our, our inability to not talk about ourselves. Pride is a dangerous poison. And if there's anything we realize today, unchecked pride will destroy any greatness that is brewing in your life. And if you're a follower of Jesus today, it will wreck any bridges God is building towards your future. If you want to experience greatness in your life, humility is the path of greatness. Humility will teach you and those around you that greatness is not defined in how much you say or how much you pretend to know but in the small moments of being human. But then why is it that it feels that the proud are always the ones who seem to have victory over the humble? Why does it, it feel like the arrogant and overconfident are, the, are always the ones in the position of power and influence, maybe even the power and influence that you crave for your life? Why is it that those who listen the least are in the positions of authority or put on a pedestal and paraded around as stories of success? I've been thinking about this question a lot this month because I didn't want to be on a stage telling you that humility was the path to greatness, even though I see it in the life of Jesus. And even though I, I, I've seen it be true in the lives around me, I, I couldn't tell you this because the reality is, is that in our worldview, we often parade pride as the path to greatness. And the difficulty with that is that it makes us believe that that is the right way and the best way forward. And as I've been thinking about this question a, a lot this month, here's what I've settled on. And here's what I've really come to believe after talking to many of you and talking to many successful people and great people in my life is that humility may be what sells, but it will not tell the story that you long for. It will not build the life that you long for. Pride will not build the life you long for. Humility may not sell, sell, but it does tell the stories we long for and build a life worth living. Question, in a moment of crisis, who is it that you would want to draw near to? Is it somebody who wants to tell you about their experience immediately and how they've walked through the same exact thing and how they've been through it before and they understand everything that you're walking through? Or would you want to be near the humble who listens, who's attentive to your needs and not their needs? When it comes down to what you give your life to, the cause of your life, the purpose of your life, who are you more likely to follow? A manager who is self-motivated or a leader who desires for you to succeed in whatever that you do? Who are you, mo who are you more likely to bring your creative best out with? Who are you going to share your greatest ideas with? Who are you going to share your greatest self with? For me, I want to be around the humble in those moments when I'm trying to experience greatness. 
I want to be around those who listen, who are attentive, who are wise with me and aware of me because humility is a game changer. You see, what humility does is something that no other virtue does. It makes things that are difficult easier because you realize you don't got to be Superman. It actually heals things and not just causes a bigger rift. The reason it does that is because it listens and gets low and says, all right, I may not have all the answers. And when there is a gap, there is an ability to heal because of your humility. Humility cheers on. It says, yo, you keep doing what you do. And it's not because I don't value what I do. It's because I am so confident in who I am that I can look at you and celebrate. While pride is like, yo, look at me, look at me, look what I'm doing, yo, check this out. Humility's in the corner going, hey, you do your thing. Hey, all of you, you guys are crushing it. Great strength, great smile, great story to tell. I'm proud of you. You're doing great. Humility tells the stories that we crave. Pride sells, but it will not tell the stories that we desire. Patrick Lencioni, CEO of the Table Group, which helps leaders, uh, leaders who are Christian and non-Christian really help get teams around their table that are helpful and moving the organizations forward that they, they believe uh, uh, that they're called to. Um, this is what he says about humility. Great team players lack excessive ego or concern about status. They are quick to point out the contributions of others and slow to seek attention for their own. They share credit, emphasize team over self, and define success collectively rather than individually. It is no great surprise then that humility is the single greatest and most indispensable attribute of being a team player. You want to be a good team player? You want to be great? Find humility. Humility is powerful for you and for the lives around you. But it's not something easily gained. We can't just wait for moments to be humble, right? Like imagine many of us didn't wake up going like, I need to be more humble today. It's time for me to embrace humility and be less proud. No, humility is difficult to find. I love what Proverbs 11 says. It says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, humiliation, but with humility comes wisdom. Wisdom is awareness. It's proper perspective. It's being able to read the room. You ever been in a situation where somebody couldn't read the room? Like, the room, bro, it's not meant for this moment. That's one of my biggest fears. Because sometimes I'm a lot. And I know I'm a lot. And I'll go into a situation and I'll be a lot. And so sometimes I'll come into a room like, yeah, let's go. Come on, everybody. Yeah, let's have a good time. Whoa, yo, y'all are, are having a rough conversation, aren't you? Okay, okay, backing out of the room. Humi wisdom teaches us how to read the room, how to pull the levers of our life properly. See, it, knowledge tells us where to go. Wisdom tells us how to get there, who to bring, what to pack, all the snacks. It tells us all the good stuff. Wisdom comes from humility. But wisdom cannot be faked. Without wisdom, there'll be no greatness in your life. And fake it till you make it doesn't work. You can't fake your way into wisdom and you cannot fake your way into humility because eventually you will be found out. So how do we naturally and intentionally and authentically find humility? And I want to tell you the answer, but the reality is it's going to cause us to have to do some deep work. 
So here it is today. If you want to find humility in your life, if you want to unlock that greatness in your life, you have to go to war with pride. Because the reality is it's in each of us. But if you want to unlock that humility, you have to fight the pride in your life. Not just in one day, not just twice in your life, not just every single day. You need a battle plan to fight that pride that is going to emerge in your life when that good things happens. It's going to emerge in your life when those stressful moments come. That's going to emerge in your life when that person comes to you with an apology finally. That is the pride that we have to fight daily. You see, to battle pride is to cultivate humility. It's time that we put our pride in check. Put it in check. You ever put anybody in check before? You even know what that means? It's a slang term. I don't know if I'm allowed to teach you slang, but I'm going to teach you slang today, all right? So I'm going to tell you a little story. My, me and my little brother, uh, my brother's littler than me. Well, he was littler than me. He's 25 now, um, and he's gotten bigger than me. He's gotten stronger than me, and the thing is, he doesn't know it yet. You know why he doesn't know it? It's because I put him in check when we were little all the time. What putting in check means, you just put them in their place. I'm not saying I was the best brother. I wasn't a follower of Jesus. I, I, don't, don't hold it against me. But now, my little brother, he, he's bigger and stronger than me, but he doesn't know it. He doesn't know it because when he was little, I would just shove him for no reason. I would take his food and french fries. Why? Because I was the bigger brother. I was like, I'm going to put you in check. I'm going to put you in your place. You are going to know I am the bigger brother. It is time that we put our pride in check. Because that unchecked pride is going to lead to destruction, and you don't even know it yet, but the other people around you do. It is time that we go to the carpet and go, I, God, I have this stuff in me, I have this toxin in me, and I want to begin to get it out. I want to be able to put it to the side. I want to be able to eradicate it from my life. Because there can be no room for pride if you want to experience greatness. There can be no room for ego, amigo. You get what I'm saying? There can be no room for that if we want to move forward with the life that God is calling us to live. Because you have a great life that is in you. And you may not believe it today, but let me tell you, we have a God who believes in it. There is a story beyond this broken moment that you're in. There is a story that God is wanting. And all we have to do is find humility, and that's going to start by us going to war with this thing that comes up called pride. It's time to take down our arch enemy. Can we do that today, church? Let's do that. In Philippians chapter 2, yeah. In Philippians chapter 2, I love it. Paul, who is one of the early followers of Jesus, he wrote letters to churches all throughout the Mediterranean world, helped start these small communities of people who were meeting Jesus and encountering hope for the very first time. See, this Paul, I love him because he would often write letters and he would like nicely, like very, very thoughtfully check these churches. So how he would do that is he would like give them some knowledge, some wisdom, but also let them know like, hey, I know what's going on in your church right now. Heads up. It's probably going to lead to some bad stuff if you're not staying on track with what God's calling you to do. And so that's Paul. And so in Philippians, he's writing to the church of Philippi, one of his favorite churches. One of the churches that he believed in so much. He believed in all the churches, but he really believed in this church. 
believed in. He believed in what they were capable of, what they were doing in the area, the region that they were doing it in. And he gives them some direction. And I love what he shares with them today. So Philippians chapter 2, this is where we're going to be spending most of our time. Let's check it out. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, any common sharing in the spirit, any tenderness, any compassion, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Come on. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Humility is meant to define the church community. Putting others above ourselves is meant to define the community of God. Why is it so scary then? It's so scary because what if the other person doesn't do it? What if I'm humble and nobody notices What if I'm humble and they're not humble and they take advantage of me? That's a real fear. And so Paul is saying, like, just you just need to see that this is this is the portrait of what we're gonna do. If you have any common sharing in the spirit, if you believe in Jesus, if Jesus has given you any love, if you have found any hope at all, even an ounce of hope, make my joy complete by being the community that Jesus intended us to be. Why did he intend for us to be that? Because our actions. Our thoughts, our language, our posture, they have an impact on the lives around us. And we have to be wise, we have to be aware of each other. But it begins by us being aware of ourselves. That all of our stuff we do has a dotted line right back to people's hearts and ultimately back to their futures. He says like, if, if me saying it isn't enough, let me give you a portrait of why. He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. The same mindset as Christ Jesus. This is about mindset. Your mindset about things will impact your reality. This is not just about imitation. What would Jesus do? That's great. This is also about your mindset. What mindset do you have about the relationships around you? Pride check moment. What, rela- what mindset do you have about the people in your life? What are they there for? Are they fulf- there to fulfill you? Are they there to elevate you, to agree with you, to, to put you on a pedestal? Are they there to be in competition to you? Do you see everybody as a competition? That's what pride does. It makes everybody a competition. But humility makes everybody a partner. Hey, thanks for listening today with the Active Churches podcast. Follow us on social media to stay connected in what we're doing on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook.